Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today, we are joined by no other than Jose Raymond. Like, this dude is a fucking living legend. Me, Jason, Jeff grew up watching him in the Muscular Development Magazines, Flex, went on to be a 202 Mr. Olympia, ass-kicking monster. But first, Jose, before we get into last seven days, before I ask Jeff how his last seven days have been, I just want to say on behalf of the Excellence Cartel members, viewers, listeners, and all those around, thank you for improving his shitty hamstrings. We really, <laughs> we really appreciate that very much. Like getting him there. We fan club for the rest of our lives for helping him improve that. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Jeff has plenty more to be done. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. Jeff, how's your last seven days been, man? Uh, man, a lot's been going on. I mean, as you guys know, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with some GI issues. I have surgery tomorrow. Hopefully it'll be the last issue that I deal with this year after COVID and having my appendix out in February. Um, you know, I've been hanging on, you know, gaining strength, gaining my weight back, then I lose it again. Then I gain it and I lose it again. And I'm sure after tomorrow I'll, I'll be down, you know, seven, eight pounds. And then Jose will bring me back to life um, after that. But other than that, business has been great. Um, just going through a lot of personal life changes. I'm thinking about selling my house here in Westboro, either selling it or renting it, depending on what I can do in this market. And I want to live downtown Boston. I want to get a nice high rise, fancy, expensive apartment. I have the money to do it. I know it's a waste of money, but I am. I feel like I'm dying out here in sub suburbia. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I want to be in the middle of it, you know, and, you know, Nate Tello's gym, you know, gym hub is downtown and I want to be able to walk out and just see people get a coffee and sit in the park, maybe get a dog and walk it and just be a, be a part of civilization. You know, I feel very disconnected out here. It's very depressing. And I, need I think, I think it's a good idea for you. I hate that you're going to pay that much in rent. I still can't imagine there aren't apartments in the suburbs that are good, but uh, it's like all of Boston's a hood unless you're downtown. But yeah. uh, it's, you know, four or $5,000 for a small one bedroom. Right. But if you were out of the city limits, but could get in, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, I want to be downtown. I'll pay for it. It's fine. Yeah. I just want to let you know, in contrast, the area that we hung out for PEC, the houses are going for a little bit less than what they are because the market's starting to correct here in Nashville. So you could live right in the middle down here in Nashville, Sue, and have a badass house in a badass location for uh, like, like a tenth of the cost. I like I'm just saying. Man. I, can't, I can't get away from Massachusetts. I, yeah. And the, it was funny as my whole family, as you know, is from Winthrop growing up. And that was the furthest thing everyone wanted to do was run away from Massachusetts. So just an interesting contrast I had growing up compared to yours. Uh, but we wish you well on the recovery of everything, man. Um, hopefully it'll be on the other side. Jason, how's your last seven days been? Uh, you know, uh, kind of like Sue, um, got some personal things going on. Um, I think I've shared before, you know, but in my forties after the divorce, like I've done more self-reflecting and beat myself up than I can imagine. Uh, and I never did that in my twenties and thirties. Um, so maybe it's wisdom, maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but, uh, I'm kind of in a hard spot personally, but you know, business is good. Like I signed like four clients the last 24 hours. They're really difficult cases. Um, I'm getting more and more tough, just really tough metabolic cases that, probably going to need some autophagy work and fasting and got to sell, clean them out at the cellular level. Um, but it's good. Um, new ethics is cranking. We had our meeting this morning, bringing out some new products soon. 
Um, and the HRT clinic is really doing well. We're looking to hire our second coordinator already. So um, on the business front, things are great. Um, personally, I got some things I got to sort through um, and it's been a little rough, but uh, you know what? Um, most of my life has been pretty easy sailing. So, Well, sad panda hugs from me to you. Um, I hope you get all that shit sorted out. I can agree that self-reflection is a very interesting journey to go on. Um, at all times and you only get better for it. Uh, see my last seven days are badass. I got Jared in town. So it's weird to think I take him back tomorrow to Jackson and he drives back to see me in like three weeks. Cause he'll have his license by then. So nice. it's pretty cool. I get to give him money, uh, for his car, um, to be able to get it. He's been yep. saving up some money and some other stuff, but we did kayaking Saturday. We went and saw Top Gun Maverick Sunday. That movie's fucking cool. Is you it, guys have a good the main actor. Who's the main actor? Tom Cruise. Oh, he's still in it. He's okay. still alive and he looks great. Like, I mean, I bone the shit out of him. He looks amazing <laughs> for his age. But regardless, it was a fun movie. It was really cool. Grilled out for the boys. You know, we just had a really great time. Um, so I have no complaints. And then when it comes to business, I've been, you know, usually you guys signing up slowly, nitpicking it here and there along the way. But remember how I did that average Joe's campaign to like because uh, I said like I want to put a face to what Iron House is. Dude, ever since I launched that ad, like our floor traffic, we're on pace to have the best June ever as a company. Damn. And we absolutely destroyed it last month. We did over $14,000 in sales in the supplement store alone. Oh, wow. I mean, just... And, and New Ethics appreciates you for that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're doing granted as well. But, yeah, you know, yeah. But no. have a New Ethics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you, buddy. I'll, I'll collect my steak dinner when you come in town next time. <laughs> I appreciate that, Jeff Rubies. You can treat me good. Um, but yeah, no, I've had a good last seven days. Father's Day is my favorite day of the year, so it was nice it went off without a hitch. Jose, the man, the myth, the legend. How's your last seven days been, bro? It's been... Pretty much the same. Um, productive, very productive. As I mentioned earlier, uh, I lost my dad uh, two weeks ago. So there was a lot of family in town and a lot of um, 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 spending time with family. And, and as you were saying, reflecting and, and uh, uh, putting things in priority. And, um, you know, a lot good came from from the loss of my dad, you know, it sounds morbid, but, um, he, he was a great guy and a lot of great people came together and, um, got to, uh, uh, celebrate my dad. And, um, and it was just good. It was good to see all, all the loved ones, you know, friends that I grew up with and, and that I haven't seen in many, many years. And, um, you know, all the family that came together. Uh, but yeah, I, I've been also busy at work. I'm not, um, I try to enjoy the work that I do. I don't spend hours on the computer like some of you guys may. Um, we do completely different things. So it's very different. I enjoy the time I spend with these people in person. Um, like Jeff. Um, there's a lot of funny stories he told me not to tell on here, so I'm not going to. But, uh, do you actually like training him? I do. I do because he's such a pussy. And, <laughs> yeah, and he's got he's like training a, a little girl, like my little sister or something. And, you know, I like to see the look in his eye when he gets confident. 
when he, you know, he sees that he can do it. For example, the first time we did back, you know, we're doing one arm rows and Jeff is a strong dude. Like he's deceivingly strong. He could do, you know, we went up to hundreds and he's like, oh, oh man, this, this is a little heavy. This is the heaviest I've gone in a year or two, you know? And he did it easy. Then we went to 130s. Then we went to 150s. He's doing one-arm rows at 150s with no straps, you know, doing them good. And he, he like himself, couldn't believe that he, that he could do it. And, and that's kind of my job is gauging someone while they're training, what they're capable of. And I can tell pretty quick. And, and he never would have done that, you know? So then that changed the whole focus of everything we did moving forward. You know, he'd be doing bent rows and, oh, no, no, I can't go over 185. And next thing we're doing three plates, you know, Mm -hmm. because he just set this limitation on himself that he's this little Asian dude and and he can't do big Caucasian shit, you know, and he (laughs) and he did. I'm fucking dead. (laughs) He's more old school than you are, Jeff. Damn. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a caveman. I'm a caveman when it comes to supplements. I'm a caveman when it comes to nutrition. I don't believe in fancy words and uh, you know, it's very, very simple stuff. Uh, even when I was sponsored by uh, you know, some big companies, I hated all the stuff they, they'd send me. Oh, you gotta post this. I'm like, I can't. Mm. I didn't take it. I'm not taking it. I'm not using your pre-workout. It's shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just post a picture with you with it. You know, I'm like, we did photo shoots. You have all that shit you can post yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm not going to pretend I take some stupid pre-workout or, you know, I, I would use multivitamins and I'd use protein powder, but that's about it. And that's, that's how I approach pretty much everything I do. Um, you know, if I'm helping someone prepare for a show, it's very simple. It's, it's very minimal, um, minimal things, minimal doses, minimal everything. Um, and the diet's the same way. Um, and that, cause that's the approach I always took. I, I, I made it as simple as possible. I worked with Chris Aceto for, I want to say seven years and he was, you want to dumb it down. This guy is hilarious. Like the, the things he says and does um we were so much alike that um you know i could read a missed text message from him like things that i you know that no one else would be able to read i could read it and knew exactly what he meant and um you know that's why we work so well together um and and i think simplicity is key you know some people use the science and the fancy terminology as a marketing ploy, as a marketing tool. Like if it sounds really fancy, you know, I should be able to get a lot of people where I'm the complete opposite. I, you know, I I don't care about marketing. If you don't want to work with me, go to someone who's fancier. Um, I don't advertise. I don't want to advertise. I don't, I have the people who know who I am and then word of mouth referral. That's all. And I don't want to be inundated with a hundred clients. You know, I just don't, that's not the life I live. I want to still spend uh, the, the time in the gym with people like those people that are doing 
you know, I know people like Chris Tuttle or Matt Jansen or, or even you guys maybe have a shit ton of clients. You wouldn't have time to spend four, five, six, eight hours a day in the gym Not even close. with clients. So, you know, that's what I choose to do. Now, do I make a few hundred grand less than people that are doing uh, big numbers like that? Sure. But I live a, a comfortable life. I love what I'm doing. And it's, 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 um, it's rewarding to me. You know, that, that's, that's who I am. That's what I do. Sure, I'm educated. I, I, I have a, a bachelor's degree in exercise science. I had a minor in nutrition. I, I know all the same things that everyone else knows, but I don't claim to be a, uh, an expert at, 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 at um, digestive issues or, you know, and, and that's why there's people out there that, that do that. And, uh, you know, I'm very simple with it. If I can't help you, there's someone who can. No. Let's see. Let's give a little bit of background into how everything got started for you. So you showed up as, as a teenager, won your class, kick some ass, right? So you've been yeah. doing this a very, very long time. Yeah. Um, it was in 2000. What was it? Well, it was 2000 or 2001. It was Muscle Mania, right? Was the name of the show that you 99. did? 99. I won the overall at the Muscle Mania. Okay. Yeah, I remember seeing that. I remember seeing that. I knew it was like around that time. Now, what was the story with the pro cards? You were offered a pro card and you turned it down, correct? Yeah. One of the years? A bunch of times. So a bunch the, of times the, turned out pro is, card. <laughs> you know, back then I was like a real uh, one of those nerdy, aggressive, um, natural bodybuilders that, that, that I wanted to be the best natural bodybuilder in the world. And I wanted to, you know, show everyone that it can be done naturally. And, and um, so I did all the natural organizations. I did Bob Gormley's ANBC. I won the overall USA there. I won the uh, muscle mania. And then I started doing the team universe, which is now the universe. And it was natural. It was legit natural. Um, and there were some big names back then, you know, Kai Green, Sean Roden, Tricky Jackson, Derek Fonsworth, Chris yeah. Baldo, myself, you know, some of these guys I consider to be the best in the world. You know, Chris Baldo is the best lightweight bodybuilder ever. And, um, you know, Kai Green speaks for himself and, and same as Sean Roden. And they, but there were more. And, and my brother, my brother was incredible. And that's the road I wanted to go. So I did. I end up winning nationals, which many thought you couldn't win unless you were gassed up. And I was so naive. I'm like, what do you mean? You can't? I'm like, I didn't even understand it. I was only a lightweight, 153 pounds. I went, I won the USA's in 2000. I won nationals in 2001. And I'm like, a pro card for what? I'm like, I'm 153. <laughs> Ronnie Coleman's 280, 283. Like, like, I'm a whole nother bantamweight bigger than me, you know? Uh, like Jay Cutler, all those guys, I didn't, that wasn't my goal. I didn't want to be this IFBB pro. I didn't, I never thought of it. We didn't have social media. So I, I didn't put it on my tagline, IFBB pro. I didn't give a shit. I didn't want it. I wanted to move up. So the next year I became a welterweight. 
And then I end up winning USA's and nationals in 2005 as a welterweight. And I end up winning the overall at the universe that year. And again, there was really no outlet for me. There was no lightweight pro division. There was nothing. I was still only 165 pounds. So I moved up to middleweight. And again, I won USA's and nationals as a middleweight. So that year they developed, it was called the 210 pound class, 210 pounds. And that was the year Flex Lewis turned pro. Um, I don't know if you remember uh, Silvio Samuel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Silvio. Silvio won, I think it was called the Southwest Classic, and it was in Texas. And he won the Open Division and the 210. So that's when they were like, wait a minute, we got to make an adjustment. They brought it down to 202 because they said 210 was too big. You can win both divisions at that weight. So they made it 202. And I started thinking like, all right, I've won every class. I probably could have went up and won the light heavies. Uh, But I was like, you know, now there's an outlet. And by this time I started kind of getting shit. Like Jose's a trophy chaser, you know, he's just, you know, but I wasn't winning the same division. I was going up and up and um, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'd love to compete against Flex Lewis and, you know, all these guys, David Henry. And, uh, and I just thought that I would fit in there. So I went and I did the New York pro in 2009 and I got smoked and I was 184 pound natural bodybuilder. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I have the same, if not better structure than some of these guys. And I'm like, the common denominator is they're, you know, they have that look of, of being gasped. And I was like, all right. So I placed seventh at the New York Pro. Uh, a week later, I made the decision. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play. And I'm going to play by the rules. And I went and I started, I did a cycle. And three months later, I had put on 18 pounds of stage weight. Damn. I was too old <laughs> on the button in three months. So I went from placing seventh at the New York Pro and that show was stacked. When I mean stacked, it was David Henry, Eduardo Correa, mm. Kevin English, um, uh, Mark Dugdale. Oh, yeah. I love Dugdale. Yeah. Um, and Jason Arts. Talk mm-hmm. about a stacked lineup. And um, so fast forward three months. And it was like literally when you buy a puppy. And, and you, you can see the puppy. You go to work and you come home. You're like, is he bigger? What the fuck? And uh, I could literally see shit morphing overnight. I would wake up the next day. I'm way harder and drier. I'm three pounds heavier. You know, a week later, um, with people looking at me in the gym, my training partner's like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I was, <laughs> I was struggling, you know, to deadlift 405. I'd get 405 for a couple you know, a week later, a couple of weeks later, I'm, I'm deadlifting 500 for 10. You know, it, it's just like the most bizarre. Uh, I haven't really talked about this like um, to this degree, but the level of response that I got, I never saw it again after that. That was that one three month period of my life where I morphed and I went to the um, Atlantic City Pro. 
and I whooped Flex's ass, <laughs> although he beat me on, in points. He beat me on by the judges. But if you go back, Google some, some uh, images of that show. I whooped his ass. And uh, <laughs> anyway, back then, the top three qualified for the Olympia. So uh, I qualified for the Olympia right away. A couple of weeks later, went to the Olympia. I was in the first call out at the Olympia. And, uh, you know, I went from like second call out at New York Pro to first call out in the Olympia. And, and basically the rest is history. And um, but even then, like I, I had a guy helping me, one of my good friends. He's like, yeah, I just do a little of this. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Mm-hmm. I did, uh, you know, like two shots of test and two shots of deck a week and some Anavar. And that was it. And then by my second show, like my first show on gas was with the Dallas Europa. I had a fucking B cup. I had tits out to here. Mm. And uh, and I didn't know anything about it. You know, I didn't know about a, a Rimadex or a Novadex or anything like that. So then I started just pounding a Rimadex and I made it through the Olympia. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I was very susceptible to titties and uh, end up getting them. The, the next year, 2010, I did really well. And uh, I got a lot of bonus money for wins. So I uh, got those cut out. And, I, you know, I just I learned on the on the run, on the go. You know, I had learned a lot through the years, um, I thought. Uh, uh, that I, I made a mature, educated decision to use them. I just was uh, not uh, as educated on the response, on, on the side effects of, uh, you know, and everyone's different. I know people that can take tests for years straight and never have anything. Yep. I swear I looked at the bottle and I had tits. <laughs> it was it was bad. Um, but had them cut out and, you know, and I learned that I didn't need a lot. I didn't need a lot at all. In fact, um, fast forward to 2013 when I was working with Aceto, it was almost like he was, uh, trying to see how little we could get away with. <laughs> and I was doing a hundred megs of, uh, probe three times a week. Okay. So I was using 300 megs of of tests for that show and, and you no know, no and and oh. i i was doing 300 tests 300 trend 300 master on got it that was it and in in you know a little bit of uh uh Arimidex. that was that was legitimately it and that was like the highest you did it at your peak no 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 that was 300 you know that was that one show Mm-hmm. But on other times, I would because it started hurting. I'm like, dude, I can't do this. The the lumps from the probe were brutal. Yeah. So I, I switched to sip. So you know, 200 every other day would be you know 600 one week, 800 the next, 600 one week, 800 the next. But yeah, that was the same with the other things like Tran and Master. I never tried more than 300 in a week. I, I mean, to me, that would be nuts. Nice. I just never, I mean, what are you going to do it every day? <laughs> I'd be shooting it in my jawline, you know, where the <laughs> hell do you put it? 
Yeah, that's interesting because what you're basically saying is for the most part, you can't really never creep above the thousand milligram line. If you're just doing basic math, maybe a little over where a thousand milligrams is where most people just kind of, they start and then they start painting upwards from there. Did you uh, use GH insulin, anything like that? Um, that's have- another great story. Um, oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't I mean, wait. Uh, yeah. Pro- in 2010, um, I started with, with some like the, the Chinese kits Mm-hmm. And, Those uh, are great. Yeah, well, I, so I thought. Then I then I got a a, a friend of mine who was friends of a junkie lady um, who was getting uh, uh, what what is what the hell is it called? Uh, Nordotropin pens mm-hmm. in the mail for her son, who was a miniature dude. Mm. And he had already been on it for like a year and he grew to be like five, eight as a junior in high school. So he stopped using it and she was still getting it shipped every month. And she'd show up at my house in a cooler, cut the seal with a knife right in front of me. And I, I could see the ice coming out. And mm. um, I, you know, because she was wanted easy money, she sold it to me cheap. You know, I think I was getting like four pins at a time for like 300 bucks. Oh shit. Of 46 IUs each pin pen. So I'm like, all right, cool. I use it. I figured out what the number was. So I was using about four IUs of that of, of Nordotropin. And arguably my best condition ever, like like for the New York Pro that year. Um, my face disappeared. I had like lines in my face that i that i would would never saw again that was ugly you know um absolutely peeled like like it it was totally different you know Mm -hmm. i you know some people say oh no you the chinese kits are fine they're just as good hell no they're not if you (laughs) could get these um nordotropins or or any real real stuff you can tell the difference um, but yeah, it, it was, it was one of those things. And, and once I, I'm an adult, um, I'm, I'm old, uh, like I'm freely speak about things that I've done, you know, people are like, Oh, Jose denies everything. Like one, while I was competing and I, um, you know, there, there are young kids that I don't want to think uh, that this is the end all be all. As I said, you know, I was 34 years old before I did Me too. anything. Me too. Yeah. Anything. And I and I don't want kids, teenagers, or even guys in their young early 20s. I don't I don't think it's necessary till you hit your 30s and you know uh, um, your hormones start to decline. Uh, until the your ability to even maintain that intensity or that type of physique goes down, that's when you can start considering um, doing other things. Um, but, you know, and I speak freely of it now. It's, it's, I'm not going to get arrested for, for talking about it. Um, you know, even to this day, I have, I, I have to use TRT. Um, I went for quite some time without it and then, that's uh, you know, I didn't su- suffer like severe depression or anything, but you can tell something ain't right. You know, yeah. you're not yeah. 
on the right level. Um, and then I went and got checked and I was 112 Ooh. with my, my test levels. So. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. It was really bad. <laughs> it's not good at all. Yeah. Um, so since we're today, we also want to talk about like, you know, how your training went how it evolved over the years. How did your drug use, you've talked about that stuff, you know, the performance enhancing side. What are you currently doing now as far as maintaining on the other side of 40 and the other side of training? Like, what does it look like for you as far as your hormones? Uh, I, I do a hundred megs twice a week that, of tests. That's it. That is it. And I eat, I eat great, you know, because being a bodybuilder, the majority of my life, I only know how to prepare certain foods, <laughs> you know, and it, it's a timely thing. It's comfort. When I wake up in the morning, I put on a pot of coffee. I make egg whites and steak tips and oatmeal and, I eat my breakfast and then, you know, my, my meals are all real clean. You know, I can get away with having, I, I have like a nightly, say third of a uh, pint of ice cream or a cookie. Even with that, I'm very measured. I never lose um, sight of, I just wouldn't feel good if I ate a whole giant bowl of ice cream, but I do have some. Are your calories I, a lot lower? Yeah, for sure. For and sure. how many meals do you do now? Ah, uh, four, four okay. and a shake. That's where I've been about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still eat my four meals plus a shake after I train, and um, you know, I, I it's funny. I weigh the exact same as I did when I competed, but mm. I look nothing like that guy. You know, I'm 210 pounds, maybe 208 some days. It's it flux. Yeah. Um, but I looked like I was 240 at 208 before, you know. Now I look like a normal um, guy at 208, you know. Um, Nothing about I'm, you looks normal, Jose. Well, In real I'm, life, I'm definitely a bigger guy for my height. Um, and, but I feel, I feel much, much smaller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still have 20-inch arms, no, no, no <laughs> doubt. Um, and, and my skin's still pretty thin. I just don't have the desire to... Or the ability. Both of my shoulders are smoked. My hips are bad. So I cannot train the way I used to train, which is is honest to God. I miss that more than than looking the way I used to look. I miss being able to train the way I used to train. Hmm. Um, And so that. that, Yeah. And that can allow us to transition into what you were asking. How has my training changed? Um, well, it had to change throughout my career. You know, I had the ability when I was 21 to walk in the gym and put 315 on my back and start squatting with no, no warm up, no preliminary warm ups, no, no, nothing. And now, you know, it was probably about, uh, like 2013, 2012, you know, when I was 37, 30, yeah, 37, 38, I had to do a lot more warm ups because just everything hurt. Um, so I would do, if I were doing legs, I would do hamstring curls, leg extensions, lunges, um, and then start moving into compound movements. And if I was squatting, the squat would be dead last. 
If I was deadlifting, the deadlift would be dead last. If I was bench pressing, that would be last. I would spend the entire workout basically warming up to do this one last exercise and going all out. And, um, you know, that's, that's what worked for me. I was able to make huge changes at the age of 41. You know, I was 41 when I won the Arnold, when I placed second in the Olympia. I mean, that was by far my best, biggest, craziest look. And, um, and I, I, a lot of that is due to the changes in my training. It was a lot more volume where I was just filling the muscle up and, and taxing the muscle in, in a way that um, I, I would try to do it earlier in my career, but I, I basically did that by, all right, put another plate on. All right, 405, all right, 500, all right, 600. You know, I'd be squatting 600 pounds, and, and there was no way I was doing that at 41 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I would do is make it feel like 600 pounds by pre-exhausting and, and slowing the reps down and adding pause reps and in and, and doing all these techniques to make the muscle think I was squatting 600 pounds. You know, that's the unique thing about muscles is they don't know what weight you're using. They just know what it feels like. Tension, just no so, tension. Yeah, if I can make it feel like 500 pounds, 600 pounds, then you're going to get results. And I did. So <coughs> I, I started doing that with every single exercise. I started incorporating that with my clients, whether they were older because, you know, and needed more delicate care, or if they were younger and I could teach them how to make improvements and stay healthy, keep their joint health. And um, be able to use that throughout their future, you know, and be able to do what I wish I was able to do at a younger age. You know, I may not have had some of the injuries that I have uh, had I implemented that training style a little sooner in my career. Did you ever have a time, you know, once you got past 41, where you just felt like your body wasn't responding like it used to, to the drugs, to the food, to the training. Um, Cause I'm kind of, I'm kind of there now. I mean, I just don't feel like I look the same as I did doing the exact same shit last year. And I'm trying to figure it all out, but I'm 44 now and it might just be my time. <laughs> I was just going to say that 44, that was my last year competing. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up winning a show that year. I was still top five at the Olympia. Um, but I knew I was going backwards in, 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 in rapidly. Yep. Um, you know, my, I was limping for an entire year. And for a while, I didn't even notice it until people were commenting on my YouTube videos or um, people would ask me if I'm okay. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, you're limping really bad. And I'm like, oh, really? So I had an MRI done. And my doctor's like, oh, you need a hip immediately. I'm like, well, I already committed to doing all these shows. He's like, all right, well, come back, do the best you can and come back and we'll be ready to roll. So my last year, I knew a year ahead of time that I was getting a hip replacement and I, I competed in the Olympia. I competed in Korea. I competed in um, uh, Japan and the Dominican and I won the Dominican show. And um, 
you know, I knew it was long over once, you know, I was in Japan and little fucking Clarita beat me. He'd mm-hmm. never beat me. Yeah. And he beat me that. And that was the sign of the times. It was time to hang it up. It was, I knew that moment I was absolutely done. I knew ahead of time, but I thought maybe I could have the surgery. I would come back. Things would be all right. I never threw, put it out of my head that competing was over a hundred percent. It wasn't until I got the hip and started training and things were great. Then my right hip started going. Oh, shit. Fuck. And then my shoulders were going. Then I'm like, all right, no, there's not even an inkling of a possibility that I could ever return to com- competing, you know? Um, but yeah, it, it, it was that age. I knew for sure that I was going backwards. Yeah, and there's not much you can do, whether it be a little bit skin. My skin's pretty damn good, uh, but I could see a little change in the skin. I could see that my legs were nowhere near yeah. the size that they yeah. were at That's one time. Not, yeah, you know, I could see that I couldn't quite pose as is good. I couldn't open up as much as I could at one point and that was due to my shoulders so so the mobility issue happened long before the pain did you know i i just i didn't i wasn't putting two and two together why does my front double look weird why does my lat spread suck um and it was because i wasn't in pain yet but i I had already developed so much scar tissue in the shoulders and flakes and chunks of shit happening in there i couldn't do it anymore um but I'm, I'm really glad that things happened the way they did, where I could not compete anymore, as opposed to making the decision on my own, because I would never have quit. I never would have stopped because I loved it so much. I was so passionate about every day. I fucking loved doing an hour on the stairs. I loved it. I loved starving myself. I loved feeling dizzy and weak and getting the shakes because I knew I was harder than everyone else. I knew that no matter what, I was going to be the driest, craziest looking dude. And it's because I felt that way. So I I thought I wasn't doing a good job if I didn't feel like absolute dog shit. But then my, I would get this rush of adrenaline when I would look in the mirror and wake up in the morning and take my progress pics. And I knew I looked bananas and and it it made me feel good. Yeah. Um, You know, I love torturing myself. And, and, you know, it's over and I torture myself in other ways now, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad and I'm blessed to have been able to do what I did, but at some point you, you, you can't do that. And I'm totally okay with it. And I love helping other people, uh, do things that they never thought capable, you know, and, and that's, that's my new passion. Did you struggle at first when you, I know you said you're this way the same, but you st- you know, just lost probably that fullness and roundness and walking around as lean. Did you struggle with that? Or you were like, nah, this is fine. I'm, I'm done. It's good. No, no, I don't. I, you know, I mean, because to be honest, I'm still bigger than 99% of the people I'm around on a daily basis. Um, the good thing is I don't go to a restaurant and people like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, you know, um, I don't have that anymore, uh, which was entertaining. Um, but no, I, you know, I didn't struggle with that. And I think it's because my reason for getting into it to begin with never had anything to do with being big, 
it was more an outlet. It was more, um, you know, a passion I've had since I was seven years old of, of training and, 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 um, you know, having an outlet, a way to blow off steam and, uh, you know, bodybuilding just happened to be something I was good at. Right? Like, um, my brother forced me to do a show. I didn't want to do it. And then I won, I won the overall at the new Englands as a teenager and, and, front of a thousand fans and people going nuts and i'm like wow i might have something here yeah. so i i you know i kept doing it started competing in 93 uh, i did my last show in december september i mean uh november of of uh 2018 and i only missed one year in yeah. all those years from 93 to 2018 2008 was the only year i didn't compete because I broke my leg. I had three screws in my leg. So that was, uh, imagine that from 93 to 18. That's quite a ride. Yeah. So you got out in 2018. Now that we've seen everything that's going on, you know, the deaths, the guys pushing weight at an older age, I guess you probably look back and are glad maybe that you weren't still doing it. Or what do you think about all that going on? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I said the same thing is that bodybuilding is not what it used to be, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years, 60 years, 50 years ago. Arnold's day, you know, Arnold retired at 28 years old. Uh, Lee Haney retired at 31 years old. Even Dorian retired at 35 years old. But it, it's it's not an old man's sport. Um, now, here's the thing. you Your body does continue to get better if you treat it right. Um, and I think the sweet spot is like 41. I think as long as you do things right and you didn't start doing drugs at 17, um, because if you start at 17, by the time you're 41, you're going to be done. You're toast. Um, yep, but yep. like Sean Roden won the Olympia at 40, 41 years old. Mm -hmm. And that was his all time best because Sean was natural all the way up until, until he was 30. Okay. You know, um, same thing with Kai Green. I think there's something to it. No. Um, but what do I think? I think there are so many reasons why there's deaths. I think um, I think there's so many reasons. Uh, in, in one being uh, the, the drugs, obviously. One being the exorbitant amount of weight people are carrying. Um, Yep. I, I, I got to say that it, it's happening at a very curious time when you have a pandemic um, at the same time. Yep. So I think people might have lung issues uh, um, that complicate with being gigantic, yep. with taking drugs. Uh, how many... You know, when you do the math with the amount of people who are willing to do um, uh, PEDs, how many of those people likely have a prescription addiction as well? Mm -hmm. uh, likely have other, because uh, let's face it, bodybuilding is almost an addiction. Mm -hmm. It's like yeah. those people who, are, who compete at that level have an addictive personality. Otherwise you couldn't do it. You couldn't be good at it. Um, so there, there's so much involved. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we'll ever put our finger on the exact reason, but 
I can also say that with social media and with the expansion of all the divisions, now there's a guy with only one leg division. There's a guy, a ugly girl division, a pretty girl division, a, a bikini girl division, a big girl bikini division. You know, there's so many more people that are involved that there's more people doing drugs, doing extreme things. It's not just drugs. It's severe dehydration and, and crazy wacky things. Uh, uh, so we're hearing about more death. We're hearing about more. There are more people to die because, you know, in the 80s, there might have been a thousand competitors worldwide, worldwide, a thousand competitors. And now there's a thousand in your hometown. You know, it's crazy how many people and how the sport has exploded. So, yes, the numbers of deaths are going to be up. But it's up exponentially the amount of people that compete. Um, I don't think that there's any more deaths percentage-wise than there was at any other time. I just think there's so many more competitors. And we hear about it the instant it happens because of Instagram and, and Facebook and technology. We hear immediately. You know, there were guys that, 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 that died, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't hear about it for weeks, you know, just like the, the, the bodybuilding show itself. We can watch it live on our phones now where, you know, in the mid nineties, you had to wait for flex magazine to come out to find out who won a show. You know, it's, it's so it's changed so much that, you know, people die. We, we die every day, every day. And we're all going to die. Um, you know, I would hope that the people we care about and the people in our community can do a better job of policing themselves and doing the right things and being as careful as possible. Because ultimately, that's the only thing we can do. People ask me all the time, well, can the NPC or Jim Mannion or, or anyone do something about this? No, it's not Steve's job or Jim's job or anyone's job. You're an adult. They're given a platform to go compete. Now, don't do anything stupid to, to kill yourself. You know, um, I mean that that's that's it. Don't take diuretics for a month leading up to a show. <laughs> Chances are you're gonna die. Yeah. You know, uh, don't do just dumb shit. Don't weigh 300 pounds for years on end when you're five foot six. And, and expect to live a long, healthy life. Yep. You know, whether you're fat or muscular at that height, it's hard on doing that. that for an extended period of time does not lead to longevity. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I myself, I'm at the age where I, I'm, I want to be a little lighter. I, I feel so much better at the weight I'm at now than I was for many years because as soon as the show was over, the next morning, I'd be 225. The next morning, a week later, I'd be 240. You know, and most of the year, I'd be between 240 and 250 until I started prepping and getting ready for a show. So, I mean, that, that certainly wasn't good for me. And I feel a thousand percent better walking around. I don't have issues tying my shoes. <laughs> I can do cardio. I can go on a hike. I can... 
you know, I can do whatever it is. And I don't, you know, like I said, I have enough muscle on me where I'm, I'm not like, oh my God, I mm-hmm. feel so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I feel good. Jose, I have a question for you. What do you not, got? not having to do with, um, you know, bodybuilding or the supplement side or more so with your, with your career and your legacy. So how do you like stay focused on, you know, what serves you best and not get so caught up with comparing your, your career or, you know, your uh, stardom or whatever with guys like Jay Cutler or Ronnie or, or all of your peers that you guys were all big names, you know, in the business. So, so how do you stay happy doing what you're doing and, and, you know, staying focused? Well, I always have greater aspirations um but you know you say jay cutler ronnie coleman dude i never ever ever put my name in the same sentence as those guys i i i just don't i was coming up as they were ruling the world right you know i looked up to them like anyone did um i had success in my own niche i had uh you know and i i just consider myself super blessed to come up in the time I did before social media took over where you were rewarded for being good, not pretending you're good, not posting that you're good, Mm -hmm. not using a filter to look good, but (laughs) actually being good. And the companies rewarded you for that. So you got sponsorships if you were good and you won today, you don't have to win shit. You just have to be able to post the funniest video or the, you know, be the best at social media. Um, I grew up in a time where you were rewarded, you know, in magazines. Those were a big thing back then. Like to be in a magazine. Holy shit. How, how do you do that? Most of these idiots in social media would never make it in a magazine because, you know, there's no filters to 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 do it, you know, Um so, so I, I don't compare myself to Jay or, or Ronnie or I love what I do. I love what I'm doing. I have plans. I have ideas to do the things that I love. And, um, and I look forward to, to, to bigger and better things. But, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I just feel blessed. You know, I laugh. You guys introduced me. The, the man, the myth, the legend, you know. You know, I, I know that I did some special things in bodybuilding, some things that will likely never be broken. Like nobody's going to ever hold out to wait till they improve to be good enough to be competitive at the next level. No, that's precisely what I did. But now if you get a pro card, you get to put it on your Instagram handle. So, so wow, man, I'm IFBB pro. That meant nothing to me. You know, being successful meant something to me, not the title of an IFBB pro. Um, so I just, I just always looked at things differently. Um, I'm, I'm proud of what I've done. I'm, 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 I'm happy and blessed, but I'm not nearly done. And I'm not, uh, I don't get caught up in, in, in that shit because, you know, I'm always my own worst critic. I, I, I know where I can be better. I know how I can be better. And uh, I don't think I'm shit when it comes to Jay Cutler, and Phil Heath, Ronnie Coleman. Um, you know, I had the honor of guest posing with Jay. I know what it feels like to stand next to him. 
<laughs> I'm not Jay Cutler. I, I was in the overall with Phil Heath in the 05 USA. I am not Phil Heath. Mm-hmm. I know these things. Um, but I, I want to be the best at whatever it is I do. Be, be the best at whatever I'm good at and focus on that. And that's what I always did. I didn't think I could beat Jay, so I didn't compete against Jay. But I did think I could beat David Henry. I did think I could beat Flex Lewis. And, and that's where I excelled, by focusing on what I'm good at. And that's the only thing I can do moving forward. Guys, I'm going to let you guys each ask the final question, and then we'll wrap it up. Jason. That's what you want. Jason, go first. Um, so I'm just curious about the business side of things. Um, do you do you only do, you know, uh, personal training and then some contest preps? Um, are you working another job, or is, you know, that your full-time thing that you do now? That's full-time. Okay. Um, you know, I have other interests um, mm-hmm. that I will eventually um, make happen. You know, I, 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 I discovered a love for, for um, homes, houses, mm-hmm. and not necessarily the real estate aspect of it because that's so unpredictable, but the actual aesthetics of homes and, and going driving by a dump of a house and seeing what I could do with it and, and, um, you know, that's precisely what I did with my home. It was a total dump and now it's gorgeous. And, and I loved the, the experience and it's a lot like bodybuilding. You know, you take in a body and starting somewhere and building this beautiful structure out of it. And, um, you know, it, which is ironic that I, or not ironic that I fell in love with homes. So I want to do something eventually with homes, something that's, that's, it's not, just bodybuilding related or physically Mm -hmm. related, but I'll always be involved in helping people, training people. I love it. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah, I have other plans and other ideas and other things I want to do, but yeah, that, that is my full-time thing. I also am, uh, you know, there, because things have exploded so much social media wise, there are other ways to, um, to um, expand yourself. Like we're on a podcast right now and people will view it and people will see it and, and, and make their opinion there. Um, there's so many ways to reach people. I, I do this thing with Evan Senapani and there's 10 of us on there. It's, it's telegram and we bullshit all day long mm-hmm. and people, anyone can join and see it. And it's not like your regular social media stuff. It's people fucking James Hollingshead taking a bath or, <laughs> you know, Fuad sleeping and, and you know, Frank McGrath in his bathrobe. It's the weirdest shit, you know, cooking, Lee Priest showing his prick, you know, it, it, it is <laughs> the most bizarre stuff. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's got a following. Um, so I'm always doing something. There's, there's always something going on. I have fun every day of my life, no matter how bad things can get. I know you mentioned you went through a divorce I, I too am going through the same thing. It is a fucking nightmare. Yep. But the only thing you can do is, is lead a great life and have fun every day and say, fuck that. You know, that's just a blip in the radar. That's a, you yep. know, that's just a smidgen of what's going on in my life. Um, I have a lot of great shit happening. So that's all you can do. Yep. That's me in a nutshell. Awesome. 
Jeffrey Sim. My only question is, Jose, do you think that we can actually build me a respectable physique and win, I told you that. win another yeah. overall? Like, do you think I could be like 215 pounds, like lean? Um, lean. The pause, the pause there. No, not like show condition 215, but like walking around like how I am now 215. Yes. Of course, you. Yeah. That was we were like ten pounds away from that. Nine pounds away uh, from I know. that. I know. You know what? People, people like actually told me that for once, Jeff, you were making progress in January. Like I had not made progress in the last three years because I've been so obsessed with my business. But I remember when I first linked up with you and was training properly, getting your guidance. I actually made progress. You did. You were getting fuller, stronger, uh, and anything that you put time and effort into and go in the right direction, you're going to make progress in. And, you know, unfortunately you got sick and got a couple of different things, but once you're healthy and back at it and we get back at it, I guarantee you'll be back up. And then some, I told you, I I've judged you for many years now. I judge at the local shows and Jeff uh, blesses us with his appearance there. Uh, he's a complete clown bragging about third place out of three people and, uh, <laughs> you know, telling us he's going to come smoke this guy and that guy. And um, I always had an affinity for, for, uh, for Jeff because he's such a clown, but at the same time, I see the positives that um, he can be good. He can be very good. He has all the tools. So, uh, I look forward to helping you and I look forward to seeing you reach that goal. You can certainly win the new England's without question. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Thank you, man. My final question. As you sit back and you reflect upon your legacy and you reflect upon what it says hits you as a bodybuilder, do you have any regrets or anything that you would have changed at all in your approach to anything and everything you did to get where you are now? I mean, the, the, the natural answer would be no, because I, I think I did a great job. And I think I did things my way. I did things um, unconventionally as far as bodybuilding goes. Um, I, 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 you know, I, I think I, the one thing I do regret, um, and again, it's what makes me who I am, is that I never mastered the art of promotion i was never a self-promoter i was never good at social media kind of shit um but at, at the same time i have people that reach out to me for that reason that are like dude i like your 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 no bullshit way of uh, approach and um you know it's it's helped me but yeah sure I could have done, I could do a lot better financially if I was a marketing uh, superstar. But but I, I I don't like that stuff. I, I don't really like it. And people will be like, oh, you don't like making money? I'm like, no, I don't like how it makes me look. I don't like the way I feel about people that I watch every day do that. You know, the crazy marketing stuff. I don't take them seriously. I'm like, if you have to market that hard, you must be missing an element of, uh, of, you must not be as good as you're telling us. Otherwise, you wouldn't have to market to this level. Um, 
you know, it's a weird thing, but no, I don't regret. I don't regret anything as far as my career, uh, the choices I made, you know, of course there are some little things. I don't know. Uh, I wish I'd done more open shows, to be honest. I, I only did two open shows. I played second and fourth in good open shows. Um, I wish I'd done more. Uh, that, that's probably the only, especially at my peak, at my best from 2013 to 2015. I wish I'd done a lot more open shows. Yeah. And uh, that, that's that's probably it. Because I wanted to be respected as a bodybuilder, not just a 212 bodybuilder or a 202 bodybuilder. I wanted to be respected as a bodybuilder. And, um, you know, I think I've done that. I get the respect of my peers, um, whether they're open or, or, or lighter weights. Um, that's it. No regrets. No regrets. <laughs> well, thank you for that, because that was an honest really deep answer. And I appreciate that, especially for a lot of the upcoming bodybuilders who are listening, coaches and so forth. Um, no one beats Jeffrey Sue at self-promotion. I agree with you hundred percent. He's there. disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Jose, thanks for joining us, man. We definitely need to have you on again another time and go down some other uh, memories. I'm sure that would be good for everybody to talk about, but it was a pleasure getting to meet you and taking the time to join us. I really appreciate it. Thank well, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, guys, you all have yourself a great day. All right. All right. See you guys.